Real. Number one, I'm out here looking like one on one. Everyone else is a runner up, and I still feel like I ain't done enough. Talk to myself like it's your time. Walk in the building, it's your time. Gotta give thanks to the most high. I am the one that she's cosign. Welcome back to the Cosign Conversations podcast, man. Today we have a very special guest. I know we say that all, all the time, but today we have Thomas Fields, CEO of Grind Basketball. As y'all know, I'm a basketball lover, I'm a hoop dreamer. So, this is going to be a really good conversation, man. So how you doing today, Tom? Man, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Nah, no doubt, no doubt, man. So I want to kind of start with just asking a basic question. And so our followers, our listeners, audience, community kind of get to know you. So if somebody asked you, yo, who is Thomas Fields? How would you answer that? Man, who is Thomas Fields? I, w- I would really say um, I'm just like basketball players in the world that, are, you know, tried to reach their dreams and, uh, you know, ended up, um, you know, creating something uh, to, to really leave a legacy in the world uh, through through sports, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I, that, that that's all I'm trying to do right now is to inspire younger kids that came up just like me and, uh, and inspire them to either follow their dreams in whatever capacity that is, whether it's sports or business or, or tech, whatever it is. Not for sure, man. You got a very inspiring story, um I read somewhere that you was on varsity your freshman year. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, man. So kind of, kind of tell us about that process, man, because you know, um, a lot of kids have hoop dreams, man, and you know, you got kind of early success. Um, so I also want to talk about, you know, the recruiting process when you was in high school. You know, starting off, you know, I, I know you had a lot going on in high school with injuries, but just kind of talk us about like, you know, recruited, uh, receiving those letters, and being a freshman on varsity. What that experience is like. Yeah, man, that, that that whole that whole journey was really really exciting and tough. But uh, uh, from a from a from a youngin, I, I started playing basketball and hooping uh, from the age of seven years old. So um, by the time I hit ninth grade, I was about five nine, five ten, and uh, you know I was playing on the uh, the eighth grade team as a seventh grader. And I, yeah, I was, I was watching, you know, old school NBA games, studying from, you know, guys like Allen Iverson and Pistol Pete, just taking notes. And uh, whenever I got to uh, high school, you know, my my main goal was to, you know, really make it to the uh, to the varsity team. So, introduced myself to the coach and just worked, you know, worked my ass off, man. Just really worked it as much as I possibly could to. Uh, make that team and and fortunately made it you know I was a shooter and I could knock down shots so uh so yeah it it was just a a day in day out you know determination to to make this team and uh and uh it wasn't easy at all uh we had a a really a really tough coach and it kind of goes into you know starting the company uh of grind uh but you know I, I think that that whole journey was was uh really really fun really interesting a lot of hard work all right. And then I also read that, you know, through your high school career, you tore your ACL twice. So that kind of goes into two things. Uh, you have to deal with diversity of, you know, going out to injury, but coming back and trying to play harder and getting better. And that's happening again, which also can relate to business. So what kind of did what did you learn from, you know, being injured twice in, in high school? Man, it was actually um, three ACL tears oh, wow. uh, and, and, uh, and uh, a meniscus tear. So, you know, I, I ended up having uh, four surgeries before I graduated high school. So, 
um, being ranked 100, top 100 in, in the city of Houston with Justice Winslow, um, Kelly Oubre, uh, yeah. you know, guys that made it to the NBA in my class. Um, you know, I, w- I was, you know, getting hit by ACL after ACL after ACL. And uh, it was it was a really interesting time to uh, to kind of go through those ups and downs because I was really trying to get in the gym and and uh, and make it, you know, to a division one college program uh, and get recruited. So um, throughout these whole, you know, the whole process of getting injured, uh, my goal was to, you know, get up a thousand shots a day. Uh, my school had purchased a brand new shooting machine, and uh, you know that was my goal: is to get in the gym as much as possible to come back from these injuries as fast as possible. Um, but I, so, I soon found out that it was kind of um, inaccessible; wasn't designed for athletes like myself. Um, uh, you know, shooting machines cost five thousand to six thousand dollars, four hundred pounds. You know, they, they, right. they're really just created for uh, professional athletes. And uh, me being a basketball player, go through the injuries like this, I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> I was yeah, I, right. I was really uh, really really bothered by the fact that these these companies weren't designing products specifically for athletes. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, that that kind that um, that frustration turned into a uh, a problem that I I felt I I had to solve for for the basketball community. But um, but those injuries were no joke. I mean, uh, imagine basketball being everything that you love, and you not being able to touch a ball for six months. You know, it's just it's right. devastating. It's similar to uh, you know, this whole COVID nineteen. There's going to be a lot of players come out of this thing really good or really bad it just depends on you know how they they take this uh th- this uh interesting time and this interesting diversity if you will right so not nah, for sure man so you, you kind of touched on our next question so you know with you being injured but having a shooting machine but it being kind of inaccessible where did the idea um for you to create the grind machine derived from like what was that aha moment for you man it, it was really um you know I, I was throughout this whole process you know I, I tore my ACL right so um coming back from that injury you know I, I could finally start shooting and, and actually working out and like I said you, you don't touch a ball for six months you trying to get in the gym at 5 a.m you know, right. 4 a.m. Uh, and, and at the time, my school had just purchased a shooting machine and, uh, you know, asking coach to let me in the gym to shoot and use it. Um, that was, uh, we really found out that it was inaccessible at that time because coach couldn't wake up at five o'clock in the morning every day. He had class, he had other responsibilities. And gotcha. uh, trying trying to purchase one on our own just really didn't make sense because, you know, five six thousand dollars and we had nowhere to put it right so right that's when uh after after we kind of found out that the the price point was out of our range and out of the range for a lot of people um potentially millions um you know we i came up with the concept to first make it affordable so so people can actually have access to to a shooting machine um, right and then came the idea uh, well if we're going to create one man we might that uh you know athletes actually have a use case for and, and can take it anywhere if you don't have a goal in your backyard you can take it to the park uh or or a trainer could take it to a 
a gym or or uh, or any court, right? Um, so we we decided to fold it into a duffel bag, and there came kind of the the first portable, more affordable shooting machine uh, ever created. Oh man, that's amazing, bro! Just having that thought process is 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 crazy. Was your parents uh, entrepreneurs or engineers, or what was kind of your upbringing? Man, my dad is actually a uh, uh, yeah. I, I like to owe a lot of lot said to my dad he um he started a a record label here in houston uh that worked with a lot of houston rappers uh like little flip spm uh swisher house and uh just growing up and, and watching my dad work with these guys um you know from you know six o'clock in the afternoon to five right. five o'clock in the morning these guys rapping and and, and growing up in this environment kind of inspired me to you know always be pers- persistent and, and love what I do. And, and then of course the, you know, the business side of it, you know, always, always asking questions and, uh, always say, man, it is, it's adamant that you just listen and soak up all the knowledge, uh, from, from, from guys older than you. You know, I, I love learning from guys who have done it before, you know, Everett Taylor, um, a, a guy that, you know, I think you, you've interviewed before is one of the guys that I, I yeah. try to learn from. And just, you know, just soaking up game from guys that have done it before and, and that, you know, I, I want to be in their shoes one day. So, you know, greatness is already done. Don't don't, try, don't, don't make it complicated. Just follow what they've done. Right. Nah, that's for sure, man. Yeah, we definitely interviewed uh, Everett Taylor out in L.A., man. That was, a, that was a great conversation, man. He's a great person to, you know, look up to and learn from. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. But, but we got to ask, man, because, you know, us being down the street from Dallas, man, well, if you don't mind us asking, who, who's your dad? And what, what was the record label? Man, my dad, uh, his name, is, uh, his rap name was Two Tone. He wasn't a rapper. He was actually a, a music producer. He, he started a, okay. uh, a record label called uh, Unified Entertainment. And, okay. um, yeah, he, he had about five albums um, called The Texas Ballers. Uh, and, and, and again, they featured guys like Ron C from Switcher House and, and, uh, right. uh, Lil Flip, SPM, kind of the big name, 5050 Twin. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. So those, those, all those guys are like uncles to me, you know what I'm saying? So listening to their music, yeah. I think, uh, most of that, 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 that Texas, uh, you know, um, just, you got to get it, get it out the mud. Yeah. And, and, that Texas hustle, yeah, that Texas, yeah, that Texas grind and Texas hustle, man. I, I just really took those those words and applied it to business and applied it to you know back and you know uh, ultimately formed the culture that we have at Grind and and the uh, kind of the you know the authenticity kind of abide by is kind of built into our DNA. You know what I'm saying? So, nah, for sure, man. And uh, I also read that. Um, you quoted, well, not really quoted, but you marked up to Nipsey Hussle saying you want to kind of have that attitude of, you know, uh, crossing in the culture and technology. Absolutely. So with um, Absolutely. Yes. So what was, because um, you could have created any company. So why did you want to create a sports technology company? Man, you know, the, I don't, I don't, I don't tell a lot of people this, but, you know, I, I was thinking about it the other day. And when I was, I had to be 10, 11 years old, man, I, I, I for our middle school uh, football team. And I'm not a football guy at all, but I played linebacker at the time. Um, <laughs> and and I, I remember putting on these uh, shoulder pads, man. And I'll never forget, I, I looked at these shoulder pads. They were Everybody hated and needed help putting them on in the locker room. And I remember looking right. at them. I was like, God damn, these things need to be designed better. 
you know and at the time yeah. i didn't really think nothing of it i just felt like you know why isn't why don't we have some nike ones because you know nike's gonna design some shit that's really everybody loves for sure yeah so for sure so uh you know nike didn't you know what i'm saying we well we didn't have it i know that uh but you know how come you know you know schools like mine that didn't have a lot of money uh, uh, be able to uh, reap the benefits of great design you know what i'm saying and uh right. as i grew grew up you know i fell in love with design more and more from steve jobs to you know the just really really sim simplistic and and really really um uh, creative designs but they got down to the core of solving problems uh and i and i right. really just you know i had a problem in basketball and uh you know I, i'm a self-taught mechanical engineer and i i, I built a, a great team of of smarter engineers around me to help all my decision making and um and and the thesis was to really um you know create uh, a well design a, a company that uh, values great design simplicity and uh and the culture that we represent you know and, and i felt like ryan uh that that i was the best person uh you know in the world to um focus on sports equipment because i'm a sports guy i know sports better than anybody else i, right. I, I love sports um and i love design just as much you know and i love building so i, I felt like we can integrate uh both of uh, if not all three of those worlds um and as i got older you know I, I i fell in love with technology so integrating all these three worlds from hardware to technology to sports uh just kind of became a beautiful marriage of, of a company similar to nike or apple but for sports equipment right so uh, that's our goal is to really, and, and the mission would be to inspire kids to, uh, um, you know, be able to make those transitions. If you don't make it to the NBA or, or right. uh, make it to D one college, um, can they be a mechanical engineer? How come Nike isn't, uh, um, pushing those kids, um, mechanical, electrical software engineers. Right. And I, I really believe since we have that authenticity, that technology feel, um, and we're designing things that they actually can benefit from, um, it's kind of a perfect marriage to make that transition to say, Hey, trust us. This is a, a great way to go. If that doesn't work out, you know what I'm saying? And, and right. I feel like we could create, uh, a design to, uh, uh, really effectively, um, kind of making a change in the world. Man, that's, that's amazing, bro, because a lot of times when we, you know, think of sports or think of being in the world of sports, it's like, okay, if I can't hoop, I'm going to be a coach or a trainer yeah. or an agent. You know what I'm saying? We don't think outside the box and be like, yo, there's the, people need designers. You know, there's scientists, there's engineers behind it. There's a lot that goes behind sports. Yeah. So there's many different ways to get into it. Absolutely. So that leads to, that leads to a good segue, right? So. So how many iterations of the actual grind prototype did you create and, and how was the first one created? Oh my God, man. Uh, we, we <laughs> it's funny, man. So I, I, I'll start with the last question and then work my way to your first, but man, we, I started, I had the, and being a basketball player with no engineering knowledge to start and, and no kind of, uh, um, degree behind me, no parents that were engineers, um, I had one friend that knew how to weld and, and, uh, I, I hit Zay up and I said, Zay, I need your help welding this, this idea I have. 
I, I'll do most of it, but I really want you to teach me. And from that point on, I, I learned how to weld um, and I built the first prototypes in my garage um, just because, you know, I, I didn't have any money. I, I saved up all my money from uh, working side jobs from the YMCA to plumbing to canes, uh, saved all my money and, and put it put it towards all these, uh, you know, Home Depot, essentially. <laughs> and, uh, <Right>. and, <laughs> and, uh, and built our first prototype. And while well, got into a technology accelerator through U of University. And and they were they were able to kind of guide the the steps to to building a technology company uh, for me uh, and kind of validate the things that I was learning on my own. So I was I was studying Harvard Business School technology classes and on YouTube and stuff like that. And uh, and and this program was actually able to help me take what I was building and what I was learning and validate those those things in real life. And then on the back end, I was, you know, welding and, and working um, and building in the garage. But, uh, man, from the garage till now, I started when I was 19. Um, I, that was five years ago. Man, I, I got to say, we, we hit over 100 to 200 different iterations on, on the machines. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So it, it was tough, man. And, and. You can imagine a, a 19 year old basketball player trying to build something. Uh, right. I mean, you just got all these ideas and you just got to see if they work or not. Um, and and I probably went through a lot more than a, a regular mechanical engineer would just because I was more creative or, or there was a lot more options. Right. There's a lot. There's a nice quote that I like to uh bring up. It, it, it says, you know, uh, in the beginner's mind there's millions of options but in the expert's mind there's only a few right and that's the that's right. the difference between a, a beginner and an expert because you can get straight to the point uh versus trying all these options and failing 10 times before you actually make a decision or something right so i think that's uh that's one of the biggest things that i've learned over the time of of uh you know uh not being mechanically inclined to now in that whole process in the end from taking a product to manufacturing so man that's crazy so when you when you got this final version completed man what was your what was your thought when you actually started you know using getting shooting like how was that feeling what were your thoughts when you completed man to be honest with you when it when, <laughs> when we first were when we were first able to do our and it was maybe three years ago from from this point on uh you know, when I first working at the YMCA, so I would uh, I had access to a gym at the time uh, and I was working the 5 a.m. shift. So I'd sneak in the shooting machine with me five o'clock in the morning. Nobody be in the gym and I set it up. Um, and and man, I, I was it, it was a, 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 a true prototype, what they call a duct tape prototype version. <laughs> yeah, man. And, but it was working. So I would show people. And they would be amazed, and and to me, I was like, man, this ain't this ain't it, <laughs> this right, ain't yeah. it. But but it, it was validation from the community because they just knew it was a shooting machine, passed the ball back out to you to the three point line, and got your rebounds, and and, and it worked, you know, and it folds into a duffel bag. Right. So to basketball players, it was it was it was amazing, but to me, it wasn't nowhere near to to where my my expectation, my standards, right? So. Um, you know, continue to develop, continue to develop. And, you know, now we're, 
finally at a at a at a point where you know we're very very proud of the the progress that we've made, man. Oh, that's dope, man. Congratulations, man. Sure. first off. Um, so let's let's dive into business wise. So for sure, from the outside looking in, we're sure this is very expensive to to be able to build and you know just kind of go through the whole process. Did you raise capital? Did you do this all in house, or what was your method of making sure you had enough funds to actually create like this company? Yeah, man. So we did raise capital, but man, we we are we are truly a bootstrap uh, startup, man. Uh, in a sense, you know, for the first five years, we didn't raise no capital. And it was purely me working these crazy jobs and funding the company, right? And and bringing on interns for mechanical help and electrical help and um, and just grinding every single day. Um, and and uh, we didn't actually raise funding until uh, November of 2019. And yeah, okay. and, and it was a... It was a, a lot of money to me, but in the in the in a business world, not a lot of money at all. Um, and, and we raised uh, uh, a little less than a hundred grand uh, for that yeah oh, wow. for that round, and able to kind of move forward and, and excel the product and and uh, kind of get things going in, in a uh, in a in a marketing sense from a marketing standpoint, and uh, and really take off. So um, I would say we're in our DNA, you know, we're, we're a bootstrap type of company, but, you know, we, we, we did work our way to a point where we, we were able to raise capital for ourselves and, and move forward. Uh, though, congratulations on that as well. And one thing I can say, man, is the, is the marketing is definitely on point, man. I did, oh, uh, man. of course, Thank my you. due diligence, uh, checked out the media kit website, watched the videos, Thank and, you, you know, um, what I admire about it is, you know, Nike is one of my favorite brands due to like the storytelling of, you know, of athletes and making you feel like you can do anything, yeah. right? And that's kind of like the same thing I kind of get from, you know, watching your videos. Like it made me want to lace up and get out there and start shooting. Man, that's great. So, uh, I mean, gave me chills. Think <laughs> talking about that, man. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm very, very appreciative of that, man. We, we really try to pride ourselves on telling stories. You know, what I'm saying because that's, that's what it's about. It, it's yeah. about guys like me, guys like you, guys like, you know, every tailor that, you know, used to hoop and, and, and made something of themselves and uh, can, can lead by example, you know? Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe it's a kid that makes it to the NBA and, and, and his story is just as powerful. But I, I think uh, guys that had that same passion, but didn't make it, you know, that they have the same impact and, and that same story. And, and I think that's, what's going to allow us to, um, to really inspire and move people um, and cross that bridge from business to, you know, technology and business and start their own thing. Not for sure, man. Um, you know, it's only been, it's been a short period of time, but have you received any, you know, um, I guess major co-signs from any college coaches or MBAs or anything like that? Man. So, you know, uh, no chill Gil, uh, Gilbert arenas. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, so uh, no chill. Gil is actually one of our customers, man. He he got a grind machine coming his way in November. Um, oh wow. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, but man, really, it's it's been you know a, a lot of word of mouth is how we've been able to right. you know get get a lot of our traction. Um, so we 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 weren't really focused on 
necessarily getting big cosigns because we 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 want to see ourselves as a a hundred hundred year old company one day that that lives right. on and, and that legacy you know carries on to uh different different items and different products so um so yeah man it it, it wasn't necessarily our focus to um to go get a cosign or go get a uh a, a person to um to kind of back us an endorsement yeah an endorsement right. endorsement not a cosign so yeah um but i mean open to you know working with athletes and and, and working with uh influencers in the market so um but i think no chill gear that that was a that was an awesome little feat and, and we also had uh the professor from and one um use oh, yeah use the machine and, and uh and, and that was a that was a great skit from uh uh out in la that we did with them so Oh man, that's good. Yeah. So we'll touch on this uh the good with arenas real quick. Did it did the order come in naturally and you just saw it or did he reach yeah. out to you guys on so oh wow, he didn't even hit y'all. He didn't even hit us up. Actually <laughs> try to hit him and his phone was dead. So <laughs> so yeah, man. Hopefully if, if, if no chill gears listening, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Oh uh, no, that's awesome, bro. Um so now that you created this first, you know, portable shooter machine of its kind. Uh, I gotta ask: Are you are you worried about you know any other companies coming in and re, kind of re, recreating the same model? Man, I, I think I think it's uh, it's gonna be an interesting uh, interesting uh, future for for uh, for the existing companies that are in our space. Man, we we've seen a lot of uh, uh, copycat moves from from uh, our competitors in the space. Uh, Right. And, and, and it, it's flattering, man, just to see that, you know, companies that have been around 30 are paying attention to us and and, um, you know, taking things and taking ideas from us, which, which is, you know, unfortunate. But, man, it, it's a uh, I think it's a it's an interesting, uh, interesting dynamic and in, in how we how we uh, work with that. But, yeah, so we're just kind of treading waters and and, uh, keeping a very close eye on on specific individual companies. Not for sure, man. Uh, I got a couple more questions for you, man. Um, So what would you say is one thing you learned from all your years of hooping that helped you as, you know, an entrepreneur and CEO? One of the things that have helped me over the years of hooping that that kind of came over to basketball. Yeah, so something you... So some of you learned a lot while you was hooping that translated back into business and being an entrepreneur. Man, you know, I, I really gotta, I really gotta uh, say, you know, it's all about the process. It's all about trusting the process. And and when I came on as a freshman, um, it was not easy. I had to earn them stripes and, and, and you know, was kind of built into like a servant leader uh in the basketball you gotcha. world you know what i'm saying and, and had to had to lead by example uh, i was i was never a uh six foot one six foot three guard that could just go out and kill i had to you know be first on the track and be first you know lifting weights and and, and you know be, right. shoot put up more shots in the beginning and the end of practice like i had to be that guy and uh it definitely relayed back to business and starting a company from scratch. Um, but trusting that process, man, you, you know, just going yeah. in day in, day out, you know, Monday through Sunday, walking out to that garage and, um, and just trusting that process, 
you know, you you don't know where it's leading, what's going to happen, if you're going to get funded or if you got to fund this thing you, you, yourself the whole way, how long it's going to take, if somebody's going to steal your idea. You, you have no idea, but you just got to keep uh, keep pushing and keep, you know, uh, stay consistent with that process. And I think that's that basketball has, has definitely taught me that, you know, you just got to no matter what, you know, you got to keep pushing and keep fighting, you know, because, you know, uh, it's a game of runs, you know, it, it, sure. you may come back first uh, after the second quarter and, you know, beat the team by 15 if you if you keep pushing. So. Um, so yeah, man, I, I think, and, and, and leadership is a huge thing. I, I've taken a lot of notes from my old coach, my high school coach and relayed that into basketball, into the business world and it works. So, um, so yeah, man, just that, that leadership is, is paramount. The leading, nice. leading, leading in basketball and lead, or leading in sports and, and, and leadership in, in the business world. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's been a lot of athletes, you know, transitioning into tech entrepreneurship business. Are there any ones particularly that stick, you know, stick out that you're like, yo, man, like I like how he went from basketball and transition to start his company. Is are there any uh, you know athletes slash entrepreneurs like that? Like for example, I give you you know like my two like mine is Baron Davis and of course LeBron. Mm-hmm. You know what LeBron is doing in media with Uninterrupted and Spring Kill. Um, you know, it was amazing. And then, you know, the investments he has in Baron Davis also is in media and has a couple foundations that are, you know, uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, I've, I've, I definitely respect LeBron and Baron for that, man. I, you know, guys that I looked up to number one on my list was Kobe, um, and, and what he was doing oh, yeah. with, uh, with the Kobe Stiebel, uh, venture fund, man. And, and um, and, and and the books that he was writing, he was really on track to you know doing doing those things and and, and doing a lot of things that I want to do, uh, along with Nipsey. Even though Nipsey wasn't a hooper, he he was kind of right, um, you know, in the culture in the rap world and and kind of made that transition and and both inspiring the youth in different different ways, uh, you know, just by being authentic, you know. So that's that's definitely. Uh, Definitely the two, and um, you know, I, w- I would say, you know, not n- maybe not on a, a on a, a a a celebrity type of scale, but uh, Mike Brown, Mike T. Brown, he was he was a uh, linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys, and okay. um, you know, actually went to I think it was Duke and learned how to code, and then started his own company. He's a, he's an uh, entrepreneur here in Houston. Uh, so he lives from Houston. He's from the Southwest, a leaf area and man, you know, raised, uh, over a million bucks and, and, you know, is doing his thing. We look up to guys like that to, to just inspire me and, and, and listen to those guys, you know, uh, whenever I have questions. Not for sure, man. And, uh, my last question, kind of wrap it up, man. You talked a lot about process, right? So during the process, I'm sure there was some times to where, you know, it got hard and, you know, you really didn't know how it was going to turn out. Who would you say is like that early person that, you know, um, we call it cosign, but it could be somebody that early on that just kind of believed in you and kind of pushed you uh, and let you know that, you know, just keep striving. It's all going to be possible and kind of had your back early on. Who would you say that person would be? Man, from ninth grade, it's been Coach Hendo. From nine, being coaching, I was being, being coaching enough from the start for whether he's cussing me out or 
or <laughs> or let me know how to you know show me how to lead and he always tells me i don't need a co-sign for you you, you know he, he always pushes me to to make my own decision he never tries to sway me in any sort of way um but coach man i, I got two hours yet last night it's just about leadership and, and uh and about you know the process you know and how he's leading his team right now and uh and how he just you know runs a tight ship and and you know he he runs his he runs his teams like no other coach i've ever seen it, and that that's what that's yeah. what stands out to me you know uh in my mind he's like the bill bowerman of that nike has uh, he coach hendo oh, yeah. is like the <laughs> the Bill Bowerman of grind, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's really, you know, I've, I've, I've been able to integrate his mindset into the company DNA. So I don't know. I, maybe it's just by thinking about it so much and, and, and coming up with different ideas. But I mean, uh, that man right there, man, he's crazy. And, and he, <laughs> he was able to, by cussing us out a whole bunch of kids from the inner city of Houston from fourth ward, the North side, man, he was able to kind of inspire us to, you know, you know, come within, you know, a four point game with Yates that, that what won back to back championships in the state of Texas, man, that, uh, yeah. he was able to, um, really emphasize on trusting the process and, um, you know, you know, sacrificing and, and, and locking in and giving, you know, giving 110 percent every single day, uh, running in 110 10 heat and ain't going inside for two hours to, you know, push even harder uh, like the dude right. out of his mind in terms of workouts <laughs> and stuff. But I think that's what we want to integrate with with each and every one of our products. We want to make uh we 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 want to like instill this mindset into kids every time they use a grind grind machine, whether it's any sport. You know, every time you use a piece of our equipment, you kind of get in that mind state of like, got to get it. I ain't got no other option. You know, so uh, so yeah, that, that's definitely been my my one cosign that I go in and got against my back. That's amazing, bro. Yeah. Man, and I just kind of want, just kind of want to wrap it up, man. When you just kind of telling people where to follow Grind and, and you know what you guys got next, and you know what to look out for in the future. Yeah, man. Uh, so future, man. We so we launched March first of this twenty. So you know, if you anybody listening uh, knows a coach, a player, a trainer, you know, tell them to go to grindbasketball.com. Uh, we got the the shooting machine uh, for pre order right now. We're delivering in November. Um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are all grind basketball, and uh, yeah, man, we're, we're we're excited. You know, we got some some great content coming out with some great individuals, um, some some cool influencers. Uh, yeah, man, we're excited. You know, spread the word for us, and, and uh, you know, hope you guys enjoyed the the talk. Nah, for sure, man. I appreciate your time, bro, man. And you know, when I'm out there hooping. With some friends, I mean, I'll make sure I get that arch all the way up like the, like the machine <laughs> teaches, man. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. <laughs> nah, but I appreciate you and wish you much success, bro. But Thank it's going to be our last time chopping it up, man. Yeah, for sure. Got you. Thank you for tuning in to Episode 5 of the Coastline Conversations Podcast. 
We had an amazing episode with Thomas Fields, CEO of Grind Basketball. If you like what you heard, please share, like, comment, and subscribe to the Cosign Conversations podcast. Stay tuned to CosignMag.com and follow us on all social media platforms at CosignMag. And as always, thank you for living the Cosign life. Peace.